Sorry. Well, we're, we're recording, so I don't want to waste tape, so hurry up. <laughs> Someday somebody's going to say, what's that mean? Are you taping us? <laughs> Are we on tape? Is it live or is it Memorex? Is it Memorex? Remember yeah. that? Remember that great campaign? Is it live or is it Memorex? All but what, were the, they... what were the big, the big spool tapes that we had? Was it, was it Ampac? Ampex? What was it? Well, Ampex, yeah. Ampex yeah, yeah. Did, did, had all the reel-to-reel, and there was Magna Quarter, yeah. and uh, but Ampex was the biggie, and then ITC had some good decks, so those were the days. Those, those were the days. Were the days. And, and, and you, that's where you didn't hide the razor blades. You actually used the razor blades <laughs> to slice, well, and it's, edit it, those tapes. Edit those tapes, and then, and then you always ran out of uh, editing tape, so you'd use scotch tape, but the scotch tape would just screw the whole reel up, but you didn't yeah, care you were... You were just editing that one spot. All right, so we're kind of doing this nostalgic talk about the way radio used to be, the way things used to be, tape and Memorex and all that sort of thing. We thought we'd take this show, do kind of a special edition, and just talk about what's going on with AM radio stations. Now, Keith, you did a really great job here of digging some information and looking at the top billing AM stations and the top cuming AM stations. And this has a lot of relevance today because AM radio stations are now being dropped, or at least it's proposed that they be dropped from car radios with companies like Ford and Tesla and GM. So, and there's a big brouhaha, and Congress is now in the process of, of passing a law that AM radios in every car, you know, uh, and that'll, I'm sure it'll pass because, you know, who can be against AM radio? And so as a result, we thought we'd just take a couple of minutes and talk about AM radio stations and what they mean to the market, both from a business standpoint and a service standpoint. Mm -hmm. We've got some AM stations that have pretty big audiences, Keith. Talk about that and tell me what your your thoughts are in relation to the FM stations. Well, I'd be happy to, but first I want to welcome everybody to a special edition of the Media Insultant Podcast. That's Jackson Weaver in... uh, in Kirkland, Washington, and I'm Keith Samuels down in Los Angeles. And clearly the rust is showing a little bit on Jackson, who's been on the DL list for the last three weeks or four weeks, So, uh, as we work towards his uh, major surgery coming up in a few weeks. So, um, so Jackson, welcome back to this special edition of Media Insultant. Okay, Jackson, you know, it was, uh, it was one of those rare moments where a nugget of information popped into one of the radio trade publications uh, a few weeks back, and I went, OMG, because you know and our listeners know that I, I really love announcing the top 10 billing radio stations every year. It's kind of the, you know, it's like the top 10 in, in college football, you know, you just want to see where everybody ranks and, on their performance, and, and, and that's... I think BIA puts it together, and it's kind of the the list of how people perform revenue-wise um, for uh, uh, for radio stations across America, and we love it. It's dominated by New York and LA and Chicago, but still we have great fun talking about it. Well, one of the trades popped out some information about the top ten because this is relating to our discussion about AM radio and the future of AM radio and whether manufacturers of cars are going to keep putting AM in radio, uh, putting AM in cars and the problems that the EVs are having because AM radio causes, there's interference. Anyway, it's a big issue. And, and they're really, there are manufacturers that are not putting AM into their new cars. 
Right. So, um, so this trade publication put together a list of the top 10 billing AM radio stations in America. And I thought, wow, I've never seen this list. This is amazing. Now, occasionally, uh, one or two AM stations will pop into that overall top 10 top list. Top 10, yes, yeah. right. You right. know, WINS in New York, KFI occasionally in L.A., and that's pretty much it, okay? Uh, maybe the score in Chicago, depending on how, how how well they do. But this was just AM stations, not AM, FM, not simulcast AM stations, but just pure play Standalone. AM, AM standalone radio stations, and it was amazingly. It was it was really cool. WINS in New York, thirty two million. WCBS in New York, thirty one million. KFI comes in at third with twenty five million, and you go on down through the list. You got uh, the Score in Chicago, WGN, KLAC, uh, sports station here in LA. You got uh, uh, News Talk in Houston at KTRH. WLW in, in Cincinnati, WWJ in Detroit, all these great three-letter calls, these 100-year-old radio stations that are still doing great revenue, right? Right, and, right. Yeah, and so it's, uh, it's fun to see. And, you know, it's interesting, but everybody on this list, except KLAC, are full 50,000-watt, as you call them, flamethrowers. These are those... We used to call them Clear Channel radio stations before a group was named Clear Channel because you couldn't be on the air on that frequency and interfere with their signal. So at night, and we all grew up listening to AM radio at night and how far away you could get a radio station from, right? Because of the atmospheric skipping of the AM signal. So everybody's listening to you know these massive uh, stations from around the country and, the, and those big Mexican radio stations that didn't have power limitations could go at a hundred thousand watts or more so you could listen to xerb and the wolfman wolfman yeah. jack yeah um so it's 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 a, it's a really interesting list uh the, the starts at 32 million ends up down at 13.6 but a couple of things here that that struck me is that odyssey gets 63 and a half million dollars a year from two New York City AM radio stations, sixty-three million and a half dollars in revenue. I mean, that's amazing. So no wonder they want to keep AM, right? iHeart, iHeart has forty-two million coming from their L- from two of their three ALA stations. Their AM stations in LA. I didn't put KEIB in here. They have three AMs here in LA. That would probably add another couple of million. Forty-two million bucks. Two, two big AMs in LA on the list. Yeah, that's worth holding on to. That's worth keeping. Yeah, you bet. You bet. And that doesn't count their stations in Houston, Cincinnati, and uh, and Denver. KOA pulls in a little bit of pulls in uh, some nice twenty two and a half million dollars worth every year. I mean, these AM stations mean a lot in terms of revenue to uh, to these groups. So it's really important that they keep AM receivers in cars. Even though the audience is declining and has become more of a problem uh, for them and the interference issues with electrics and all of that, still they got to be there. You know, the AMs have, have got to be there. Now, you made the comment that these stations don't always correlate to the QM that they have. So, you, you know, WINS may have the maybe the biggest billing AM station in the country. How does it do in terms of audience development, audience well, size? It doesn't. It doesn't make the list, so it's under three hundred thirty-two. Under under three hundred thirty-two thousand. 
Um, I would have looked it up if you'd uh, passed this along. But WABC, for example, okay, is not on the top ten revenue list, but it's number two in terms of cuming AM radio stations. It's WCBS number one at 890, so about 900,000. You got WABC with just about 500,000. And then KFI in LA, which is just under 500,000. So you've got these, you know, the, the two stations that are really, um, you know, maximizing their cum is, you know, KFI and, and WCBS. You know, KLAC in LA, 433,000, but they've got Dodger baseball. In fact, they're 49% owned by the Los the Angeles Dodgers. Dodgers. You know, but you've got WBZ in Atlanta, or about WBZ in Boston, which did not make the top revenue list. It did make the top cum list. So, you know, there, there are stations that, that cum well, but don't sell well, and people that don't cum well, but sell the shit out of it. And that's what we've got here. It's fun to see this analysis. But, you know, you talked about, you know, where these, where these stations are from a geographical standpoint. You've got, you've got KTRH in, in, in Houston, all right? Houston and, and that part of Texas gets hit with a, with a what, a, a, a hurricane like every two or three weeks? Yeah, <laughs> about that. Okay, often. every you know, a couple of year, right? And so you have you know desperate listeners, you know, trying to figure out they're critically important to 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 serving those communities. L.A. We had oh my gosh, we had a tropical depression uh, two weeks ago. Oh my god, it was going to be the end of the world. But you know. Where did, where did everybody go to? We went to our big AM stations. Went to KFI to see what was going on. Went to you bet. KN, you bet. KNX, which is FM. Um, you know, went to KBC to check it out. So you know, we're gonna, I'm going to wait to see if there was a tropical depression bump in the book. Bump. Yeah. yeah. But then you get you get like WLW in Cincinnati and WWJ in Detroit. Tell me about how important Jackson, because you grew up in the Midwest. Those big AM radio stations are in in the Midwest for serving their communities well it's, it's interesting because in this whole discussion you know the the question has been you know but so many am stations have moved either to simulcasting on fm or the audience has moved to fm in a lot of cases as you know you know the market is uh, 10 15 percent that listen to am radio stations and so and where they seem to have the most value frankly is is in rural areas where they really have a superior coverage because they do have some real advantages in terms of of coverage in these rural areas they get a they get and get a signal way out i mean even even in a place like new york wabc in new york covers a lot of those suburban markets even at, at that frequency but the the real issue for most of these radio stations is they're they're not those clear channel stations they are mm. You know, they're 1,000 waters, they're 5,000 watts at uh, 1150 with four towers. And so the disadvantages for a lot of these AM stations begin to rack up. Mm. And the question becomes, what do we want the AM band to look like? And I throw out an ideal, an ideal concept here. If you think about it, the real ideal solution would be to whiteboard everything. This isn't realistic, but here's... Here's what you do. You retire all the local radio stations, all the local regional signals, send them back to the FCC. Now, 
the first thing everybody's going to say is, well, what about my local service? Well, okay, let's make sure everybody's got an FM station so they at least have comparable coverage. Because a 1,000-watt, even a 5,000-watt station can have good com- comparable coverage depending upon the location with right. a Class A or a, a Class B uh, FM station. And then, you know, if we go back to the 30s, back in when we did have clear channel signals, we said, you know, there are... Oh, I don't know what it is. Something like 37 frequencies that are clear channels. One station per frequency. KFI, 640. WABC, 770. KSL, 1160. But these stations on the air, they are clear channel, and they provide regional coverage that FM stations just aren't capable of doing. And all the noise goes away because all these other competing AM stations add all kinds of noise to, to those existing AMs on clear channel. And I think we'd have a much cleaner band. Now, that's never going to happen, but that would be my proposal. So, <laughs> well, thoughts? The, mar- the market may force it to happen. But, you know, what's interesting here is that in the major markets I'm talking about, that would be like Los Angeles, where the AM dial is dominated by foreign language formats. Okay, There's mm. lots of foreign languages. There's obviously lots of Spanish language formats on AM, from sports to music to and different elements of... of uh, of Spanish language uh, music, from ranchero to you know, Tejano to everything, right? So you have that. Um, but what's interesting about LA is that you've also got Korean stations, you've got Farsi stations, you know, you've got uh, 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 Japanese language stations, uh, Vietnamese language. I mean, you have every foreign language you can imagine. We don't have French or Russian. Oh wait, I think we do have some Russian. But you know, it's, it's so. You know, I think there's a there's a, a market being served by those stations in in cities where there's a heavily there's a lot of immigrant population. Okay, English is a second language, and so on. That's one part of the where these AMs do provide a service, and I think they'll benefit from you know from keeping AM in cars and keeping AM alive. But again, the question is for how long? You know, the religious broadcasters have a different business model, and so that those those AMs, those ministry AMs, you know, will 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 will, will be there. But, but they're also uh, migrating as rapidly as they can to FM. You're you right. know, yeah, you know, you right. see you see EMF. Of course, EMF's a little different, but you know, uh, VCY has been buying FMs. They're not interested in AMs. They're buying FMs. So. I, your point on minority programming is excellent, and uh, my proposal doesn't take that into account at all. So, yeah, and it used to be it used to be too that AM was the bastion for live sports play by play, right? I mean, that's well, you know, where where am I going to listen to the you know to the to the Lakers or how am I going to listen to the Rams or whatever? Well, ne- all new sports rights deals. The example here is the Lakers, or uh, example here is the is the Rams. Uh, when the Rams came back, it was time to do a contract. Well, guess what? The part of the deal was is that they, yeah, they wanted an AM, but they also wanted an FM. Right. So right. They, they do a deal with the ESPN uh, affiliate here in, in L.A., owned by Good Karma Brands. And Good Karma Brands has got to bring in, because they, they have just an AM station, so they bring in you know uh, one of the Odyssey FM stations, and that's, I think, who's carrying it. So it's it's you know it's uh, you know you're gonna you're gonna they're gonna force those kinds of deals, um, you know everybody's speculating about when the Dodgers will also be carried on FM, but it used to be that was sports now not so much so yeah well and and the streaming uh, changes that too you know what yep. streaming's often available for audio and video in local markets so anyway it's uh, that's kind of our our play on AM and with AM being in a real. Uh, 
top discussion mode within the NAB and within Congress. We thought we'd throw out some ideas. I'll tell you, you no, know, I have worked with and have seen clients who have just shut down their AM stations. They just shut them off. Hmm. And, in fact, I've got uh, one who's got three AMs in a couple of different markets, and we're working on a plan right now to shut those down because the towers are deteriorated. They take up too much land. They've got them on FM, so they can, they've got them on a translator. They can do the translator to an HD channel, and you've got the same programming serving the people that are listening to it anyway. So I just think, you know, that we've got to kind of rethink what AM is. And I don't think AM is having a thousand water at thirteen forty in every little burg in the country that makes sense. So that's uh, that's our thought, or my well, thought. Let's, well, and and, uh, and and thankfully uh, Jackson's not a commissioner on the FCC because that kind of deep <laughs> thinking is not taking place there. So, um, but I, you know, hey, that's why you're uh, you were a great consultant, okay? That you know, huh. and I was just a, a, a you know a snarky insultant. But uh, so <laughs> you're the deep thinker well, in the room. Okay, well, we've beat up on AM enough. I think uh, we should uh, get out of this special edition of Media Insultant, and you know, like we can come back and do it next week. But it's been fun just taking one topic and running with it. So thank you, Keith, and great research on all the numbers for cuming and the billing numbers. And we'd also like to thank BIA. They they helped a lot in that process. So yep. And so I'm I'm, I'm and, and again for a second week in a row I'm wearing my uh, Ren Spooner Hawaiian shirt. So Maui strong. Here we go. Love it. Talk to you soon. We'll do this next week on Wednesday. We drop new shows each Wednesday. You can find us on any podcasting platform. And the videos, of course, are at Vimeo and the Media Insultant Showcase. So, keep until next Wednesday. Thank you so much, buddy. Good to be back in the saddle. Have a great week, buddy. Take care. Stay healthy. See you soon. <laughs>